Now, it might not feel like it, but as the temperatures dropped across Queensland and winter kicked into gear, our state faced a big health problem. We were warned that this year's flu season was going to be bad, potentially one of the worst we've ever seen. Today, well, it's been revealed that 25 people have lost their lives this year so far due to flu-related health issues. This was the Premier a little bit earlier today. Can I just please uh, urge people uh, to seriously take flu seriously this season? We have um, a number of people at the moment in hospital with the influenza. There's 121 around the state and we have five people in ICU. So it's no joking matter. So if you haven't had your flu shot, please go and get it. Don't forget the vaccines are free at the moment. Now, on top of that, this horrid virus that we've all been living with is so reluctantly over the past two years, and it's the headache that just won't go away. The number of COVID patients in hospitals is currently at 516. It's going up, and we know that uh, that the system is already under pressure. To really break down how serious this issue is, I want to bring in Health Minister Yvette Darth, and the Minister joins me on the line. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Peter. Queenslanders have been warned for months about this COVID and flu spike. The jump in cases and hospitalisations, is this as bad as what you thought it was going to be? Uh, look, I am concerned that uh, as we move into the third wave of COVID, that potentially we are looking at a, a higher peak than our second wave. And that's because we're seeing many more of the new variants, the BA4 and 5. Uh, I think we're seeing about 40% of current cases are already those new variants and that will increase significantly over the next couple of weeks to become the dominant um, strain. So we are seeing a lot of people coming back into our hospitals with COVID. People need to understand that even if you've had COVID before, you can get it again. You can get one of these new variants. So it's really important that people keep up to date with their COVID vaccinations. Uh, you know, you said 516 today in our public hospitals mm. at our peak in the last wave was 525. Wow. Now, our, our numbers have increased more than 100 since Monday last week. I guess... uh, so I am concerned at the rate mm. that this is increasing. And on top of that, we've got people with the flu, obviously in hospital and in ICU. We'll touch on the flu shot in a second, Minister, but this is mm. a question we probably haven't asked in quite a while. How are we going for COVID shots or COVID vaccines? Have we still got plenty in supply? We've got plenty of COVID vaccines available. And the good news is we're continuing to see the number of people who are getting their first ever doses of, of COVID vaccine increase beyond 94%. What I am concerned about is we're still seeing only 63% of the eligible community have got their booster. Mm. And for those who are um, particularly vulnerable, the 65 plus who are eligible for their fourth booster... Um, you know, we, we're still seeing low numbers there. And, of course, the 5 to 11-year-olds, we are not even got 50% vaccination. So when you combine influenza A, which we haven't seen in this state for almost five years, with these new variants of COVID, I cannot emphasise enough the importance of getting vaccinated for both. I hate to do it, but I, let's revert back to the COVID days again. And mm. uh, look, it's, I know we want to put it behind us, but it's important it still lingers. Has the government, especially you as health minister, thought about or perhaps there's an idea in the works about having those jabs at schools like you did with COVID? They were very, very successful in terms of the flu jab. You're giving it out for free. Is there mm -hmm. is there a workshop, minister, that you can sort of let us in on that maybe you know, on a Saturday or a Sunday, we'll have another one of these yeah. vaccine blitzes? Ultimately, 
it still requires parents' consent. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, as far as, uh, you know, availability of the COVID vaccine for kids, it's in every community pharmacy in our GPs. So there's no problem with access. Um, and so even if we offered it as part of the normal child immunisation that, that we roll out in our schools during a school day, parents have got to be consenting. And I'm just not seeing parents yeah. wanting to come forward and get their kids vaccinated. It, and and it, I am concerned about that. It is difficult, I guess, Minister, for the children to go forward and get it if, they're at, if parents aren't. I might put a call out a little bit later in the program to see if parents would be, I guess, open to the idea of, of a school blitz. And, and I'm, I'm happy to pass that feedback on. Let's mm-hmm. just turn to the hospitals now. The state budget came out last week. Queensland is getting three new hospitals. Now, they won't be mm-hmm. built... Um, um, obviously, they won't be built and in operation for a few years. Is there enough measures now to fix that shortage that we're seeing, especially when it comes to hospital beds? Yeah, so we have 869 beds that are currently in the pipeline, so already under construction. Uh, we have another 289 that we will bring on by 2024, the majority of those coming online by the end of next year. And then we have you know, the large 2,220 by mm. it within the next six years. So it's a staged approach of bringing beds online. In addition, we've got extra money uh, that we've put in for helping long-stay patients. So these are the ones who need an NDIS package or aged care uh, who don't need any medical care to get them out of the hospitals quicker. Uh, rapid access clinics, so this helped move those lower uh, category uh, less serious people who are attending emergency departments in and out far quicker. Uh, extra money to clear some of the backlog of uh, those on waiting lists. So we've got all of that in the pipeline as mm. well. So there's short-term measures there that will help, uh, but um, yeah, long-term it is about building these beds and it's also about the workforce. You know, um, there's a lot of work being done to increase our workforce capacity right now. Um, just yesterday, I was told that, you know, we've got over 20 UK doctors arriving mm. in August for QE2 hospital. So that's great to see some of our international health workers coming to work for us again. Mm. Uh, but there's a lot more work to do, which is why you know, I'm, I'm off to Canberra at the end of this week to talk to the Commonwealth and all the health ministers about you know, what we can do collectively also to deal with the primary and allied healthcare sector. Will there be any discussions, uh, and I hate to be the one to bring it up, but I think it's an important question. We've got the ECHA coming up, we've got an origin decider, we've Mm. got some cold weather. Will there be, if this keeps spreading and we keep seeing more people in hospital, will there be any discussions about bringing mandatory masks back in public settings? Look, um... Yeah, I met with the Chief Health Officer yesterday about this third wave where now uh, there isn't a a proposal or recommendation to bring back any of those measures. Having said that, what we need to move to Mm. as we live with COVID, because it's going to be here for years, as we learn to live with COVID and, you know, bad flu seasons, is taking, you know, self-responsibility here. Yeah. We all know what works. We all have masks. We've got them in our glove boxes. We've got them in our handbag, but oh, I do. Um, we've mm. got them everywhere. Uh, let's take responsibility. If you feel unsafe, you feel like you're in a crowded place, then, do um, then put on a mask. Yeah. No. Well, Minister, I really appreciate your time. and know how busy you are, and, uh, and we'll chat again hopefully next week. Thanks a lot, Peter.